0: frequency of heaven I want to be Hello and welcome to the Frequency of Heaven podcast. What a beautiful day God has made. This is the day the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. And I got a little podcast for you today about waiting on God. You ever felt like you're waiting on God? And uh, there, there's two or three points and just little little bits of encouragement I want to give you. Um, God is awesome and he, he loves us. He's not trying to torture us sometimes when we're waiting on God for for answers, for breakthrough. It feels like, you know, torment. But let's pray. We're going to jump into Psalm 62 and hope we can encourage you today. Father, thank you so much for the blood of Jesus. Thank you so much for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit on Pentecost. And it says in Acts chapter 2 that your sons and daughters will prophesy. It says that you will pour out your Spirit on all flesh. And I pray everyone listening to this podcast, God, would you pour out your Spirit on us? God, would you awaken us to your goodness? Would you awaken us even as I hear these birds all around us? Your love is higher, wider, longer, deeper than anything we know. It is all around us, God. If there's a single soul listening, They're not absolutely radically convinced that you love them. I pray you would change that right now. God, would you touch them? Would you bless them? Would you convince them? You love them so much. God, guide our time in your word. Let it be an encouragement. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I have my old New American Standard version of the Bible today. I haven't used this Bible in a while. And uh, this was the the one I used in Bible college and so it's a little different than NIV So if you're following along, uh, we're gonna be in Psalm 62 Let's jump right in because the word "wait" comes up a few times in this one chapter And it, just going in as you read this chapter it kind of feels like David is being oppressed Almost what we might say he's being bullied What do you do? When you're dealing with oppression, when you're dealing with frustration, uh, a darkness that's pushing on you, well, here he goes. This is King David, the mighty worshiper, lover of God, the man after God's own heart. My soul waits in silence for God only. From him is my salvation, he only is my rock in my salvation. When I read that verse, he only is my rock. I think of two Palestinian warriors and one of them's chasing the other one down with a spear or something, you know, but the one being chased finds a hiding place or a strategic place in the rock. He gets in such a place where he's protected and he's guarded and whatever's chasing him can't get to him. And I think David kind of uses the word that way. It's a stronghold. It's a place of safety. Then he says, next part, my stronghold, I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will you assail a man that you might murder him? All of you. So you can see there's something oppressive. There's something dark David's dealing with. Like a leaning wall, like a tottering fence. In other words, something weak that's about to give out. They have counseled. Only to thrust him down from his high position. You know, when you're the king, or on your way to being king, you know, there's always going to be someone jealous. There's always going to be someone trying to take you off, you know, knock you down, knock you out. And David had to deal with that pretty much his whole life. Even his own kid once tried to take the throne. Verse The second half of verse 4. They delight in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. Well, so these particular, this particular oppression, is kind of some two-faced friends. Uh, in one sense, they're saying good things when they're with him, and then you know, behind his back, they're a threat. They're an enemy. That's hard, you know. I mean, it's kind of the Judas scenario where you have people who, you know. Are they for you? Are they against you? But it's not good when you have people close to you who act like a friend when they're around you and an enemy when they're not. How do you handle it? Well, he's already said, my soul waits. But notice he says it again. And every time he uses the word wait here, he has the word soul in front of My soul. Now notice how he says this in New American Standard and NIV. He's talking to his soul. In verse five, very interesting. My soul, wait in silence for God only, for my hope is from Him. You see this in Psalm forty-two in the passage where it's not David talking, but in Psalm forty-two it says, uh, "My soul, why so downcast within me?" That's the passage where it says, "As the deer pants for water." Psalm one hundred three says, "Bless the Lord, O my soul." Uh, and all that is within me, forget not all its benefits. There again, David is talking to his soul. Now, I don't know. I haven't studied that out a ton. Like, what was going on in the mind of an ancient Jewish man 3,000 years ago when he talked to his soul like that? Now, we we pu- talk to ourselves. We pump ourselves up. We look in the mirror, and we, you know, before the big game or you know, sometimes when I'm working on a project or something's getting, hit, I'm like, "Come on, Plum, you got this." You know, we we kind of talk to ourselves. There's another passage where David says, "It says David encouraged himself in the Lord," but he's telling his soul. Now, let, let's jump here for a second because when we see this word "wait," W A I T, wait in silence, and before both verses talked about waiting in silence, what does that mean? Well, if we jump. Back, I think of this verse a lot. Psalm 37 7 says the word, um, it was a similar concept. It's actually the same Hebrew word. I looked this up in a lexicon, the same Hebrew word. Now, in the New American Standard, Psalm 37 7, it doesn't translate the word wait, but it's the exact same Hebrew word. It says rest in the Lord. Well, and then it says wait patiently for him well there's the word wait that's that's probably where it is in psalm 37 7 do not fret because of him who prospers in his way because the man who carries out wicked because the man who carries out wicked schemes that is the opposite don't it says don't fret that's the opposite of waiting is when we begin to fret. Now, I'm I'm a fretter. I have a PhD in fretting. I can probably out fret any of you listening. <laughs> you know, I can create all the bad things that are going to happen in my mind, even though they hadn't happened yet. And so, that's the opposite of our soul being silence and trusting and waiting and resting in God. For my hope is in Him. That's See, that's what's going on. And also in Psalm 42, where it says, um, where he's encouraging in his own soul, it has that word hope in Psalm 42. It says, Israel, hope in the Lord. When we start to fret, instead of wait in silence, we're losing our hope. That's what's going on. We're losing hope. And part of the time we lose hope, it's because we hoped in the wrong thing. Sometimes I'm hoping God will answer my prayer the way I want. (laughs) Instead of, my hope shouldn't be in a specific result. My hope is in Him, the verse says. My hope is in Christ. I don't know how He's going to do it. I don't know when He's going to do it, but I refuse to quit hoping. It says in Hebrews 6 that hope is an anchor for the soul. It keeps you steady in the storm. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be shaken. On God, my salvation and my glory rest. Now, this is a verse, actually, Psalm 62, 7 is probably one of the most top 25 verses the Holy Spirit brings up to me. In the NIV, it it says, my honor comes from the Lord. And I think the Lord brings that up to me a lot because he knows I struggle with being a people pleaser. I struggle with wanting to make people happy, and I struggle with what people think about me. Anybody out there listen to me who you you sometimes struggle with what people think about you? Now I've met people super thick skin; you could chew them out, they don't care. You don't like they don't you know you don't like them, they don't care. But I'm not like that. Uh, one of my brothers is, it was always kind of like that. He's just real thick skin, and if you didn't like him, he didn't care. He's, he, his his self esteem wasn't based on your opinion. <laughs> but unfortunately, my personality I have to really fight that. But sometimes. I let what people think about me Their honor or their My honor or my glory kind of rest On their opinion Here David says God my salvation And my glory They rest on you And that's super powerful Part of the reason we fret Part of the reason we don't wait in silence Is because we are really Worrying way too much About man's opinion Instead of God's opinion And I think that that is something David identifies in his own little spiritual battle here. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times. Well, there it is, right? Fear and worry simply means we need to ratchet up our faith and trust in God, you know, as trust in him, not in getting what we want, not in the result. Our trust is in him because, you know, God can bring about all kinds of things we never even thought about. I get fixated. I want this result. Well, maybe that's not what God's up to right now. Our trust is not in what we want. Our trust is in Him at all times. Pour out your heart to Him. God is our refuge. I love that verse. Pour out your heart to Him. We need to learn how to do that. We need to learn to just get in the presence, start worshiping, start crying, start crying out with tears, with, with uh, frustration. We need to cry out to God Blessed are the pure in heart. They'll see God. Cry out to him. God's a refuge for us. Men of low degree are only a vanity. The men of rank are a lie. This kind of ties back into whose glory are you interested in? Whose honor are you know, if you really understand that men of low degree, men of high degree, it doesn't really matter what well, God's opinion matters. Maybe someone listening needs to let your flesh be crucified and that person's opinion of you die. Sometimes there's a time where I got my feelings hurt, and different things, and I felt like the Lord is saying, Caleb, okay, well, this is good. The way you're feeling right now is good, it has exposed a weakness. The reason you feel down is because you care too much about what that person thinks. And now that you're feeling this way, quit, start trusting more in my opinion of you. Consider it pure joy when you're facing this trial because... This trial has simply allowed a weakness in your armor to come to the surface. You don't need to worry so much. You don't need to give so much credit to that person's opinion. You don't need to uh, be so concerned about that. Be concerned about what I think. And that really helped me. It's like, you know what? If I could see that the way I'm feeling right now is actually a gift from the Lord to expose a weakness in my armor instead of an attack, that uh i'm not good enough or this person doesn't like me or whatever no this is a gift i have been putting too much concern in what that person thinks and so we that gets crucified and we we turn to the lord and say your opinion matters and fill us with your love and and we move on do not trust in oppression do not vainly hope in robbery if riches increase don't set your heart upon them verse 11 Once God has spoken, twice I've heard this, that power belongs to God. So there's a shift from fear of what man can do into uh, God is bigger, God is stronger, my faith is in Him, and loving kindness is in you, O Lord, for you Do recompense a man according to his work. Now, let's go back to wait for a minute. There's something really cool about the word wait. I I was reading this and looking this up in the Hebrew. In the Hebrew, it really means to be still, to be quiet, and to wait. To really gear down your activity level. And especially, like Psalm 37, 7, don't fret. You know, don't be going all over fretting and, and panicking when you feel threatened But I had a friend one time say something really neat I wanted to share with you about the word wait. We read this, my soul, verse 5, my soul, wait in silence for God. We need him to show up. We feel like we're being bullied. We feel like we're being oppressed. And the Bible says, wait. And a person said something, and this isn't exactly capturing the Hebrew sense of the word wait, but there are many verses that I think compliment what this person was trying to teach me but they said you know the word wait if, and I actually just looked this up in the in the Webster dictionary and the first definition of wait in English is to wait to be still to be quiet and to you know take time for something to happen but the third definition I'll follow this was to wait on someone like a waiter now, what if we use that definition, the next time we're being oppressed, the next time we're being bullied, the next time something isn't right, and our, our heart is weary, we, we, we feel threatened. We read this verse, my soul, wait in silence for God only. What if we took it to mean, at least somewhat, that we're a waiter, and God is a king and we are to wait on him like a waiter. Well, God, what do you need? God, what can I do for you? How can I? And shift all of our energy, shift all of our focus on worshiping and waiting on God to please him, to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and to really wait on the needs, the desires in and, and full surrender. God, I'm yours. I'm totally yours. You're everything to me. How can I serve you? And that really ministered to me when she said that that was several years ago a lady a lady shared that. And I thought it was pretty special. Now we come down here. I wanted to make one other comment. I really felt like the Lord led me to Luke thirteen two Let's flip over there and talk about waiting on God just a little bit more luke thirteen two Now I was talking about repentance at the end of my sermon Sunday. The importance of repentance. Here's another passage on repentance. Jesus is teaching. And, and some people, you know, when something bad happens, natural disaster or, you know, there, it could be anything from a car wreck to a tornado, you'll find sometimes religious people say, ooh, they must have done something. God's mad at them. You know, they're cursed or, you know, Kind of like Job's friends when they came to Job convinced he had sinned. And people get like that. Now look what Jesus kind of responds to this attitude in verse 2 of Luke 13. Do you suppose that the Galileans were greater sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this fate? They'd had uh, some, some hard things happen to them. I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Do you suppose... That those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell, were killed, fell and killed him, were worse culprits than all the men who live in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And I read that, and I said, Lord, you know, what, what are you trying to show me concerning waiting on God? And this little passage on repenting, I felt like God reminded me of something that. I'm sure I heard a preacher say. It wasn't an original thought. I know I read this or I heard a preacher say this once. And this is so, so true. When you feel you're oppressed and you're praying and you're waiting on God. Maybe you've been waiting on God for a week. Maybe you've been waiting on God six months. Maybe you've been praying for God to fix something and you have been waiting on God for 20 years. It is always good to stop and say, God, I've been waiting on you. But is there any way in which you're waiting on me? Have you ever had this happen? Now, I'm going to tell you a funny story. It was not funny at the time. I've intentionally waited for a while to share this story because when this first happened, it was not funny. <laughs> but um, there was one of the bereavement meals at the church where um, Melanie and I. Had uh, I left the graveside with someone else? I don't remember who brought me back to the church, but Melanie had, um, I think she, if I remember right, had left the graveside. And uh, this is what I know she had the Mini Cooper back then. And so it wasn't too long ago, but she had gone home or something. But then she went to the church. Now we had miscommunicated. I went into the church and I sat down and I was actually hanging out with Craig and Julie back at Craig's puzzle table. And I i wasn't planning on eating, but I decided I want to eat. And I had told Melanie I wasn't going to eat, but I, I forgot that I told her that. Okay. So Melanie came to the church and she sat out there in the Mini Cooper uh, and, she, and I never came out. I... Had, i misunderstood some different things. I didn't realize that she was sitting out there waiting for me. You ever waited on someone and they're not showing up. and uh, but she called me two or three times on my phone. Well, my phone was in my pocket, and I had it off. I did I mean, I just performed a funeral and did the graveside. I didn't have my phone back on yet. And so I was sitting in there just hanging out, having a good old time. And then I decided to eat. And I, well, she had been sitting out there in the car, I, I'm guessing now 20, 25 minutes. And she um, was, when we finally figured, and I, I finally looked down at my phone. It's like, oh, Melanie called me. I said, hey, what's up? He's like, where are you? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm sitting in here. And she says, well, you told me you weren't eating. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I did tell you that. Anyway, the, the thing was, I, I was waiting on her, and she was waiting on me, but we didn't know that we, we were waiting on each other. There was miscommunication. This happens with God. We're waiting on God to answer something, but God's waiting on us to repent. Not always, but sometimes there is a sin or an attitude. There is something in us that is blocking the answer to our own prayer I know this has happened to me you know remember it says in James chapter 4 you pray and you ask but you don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend on yourself so right there in James chapter 4 verse 3 and 4 it says sometimes we're praying and waiting on God God has said no until you change your heart I'm not doing that And so when we are waiting on God to show up, we need to stop and and pray the Psalm, was it Psalm 139? Search me, O God, see if there's anything wicked within me. We need to pray some of these prayers. Lord, is there a plank in my own eye as I'm dealing with the speck in their eye? Lord, is there something within me you're waiting on? I mean, wouldn't it be horrible to find out I'm waiting on him, but he's waiting on me that's what happened to melanie and i <laughs> Sitting there in the church parking lot we, we got our wires crossed well we don't want to do that with god but if we have the cool thing is this I, i've had this happen before many times i'm thinking of one story right now where i was waiting on god to fix something but god was waiting on me and here, here's what happened I, I can't go into the whole story because it's a very personal story god was waiting on me To truthfully tell someone about a frustration that I had the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 speak the truth in love sometimes you lie to someone because you told them something that wasn't true sometimes there is a truth in your heart and you've never spoken it you with you withholding the truth now you can get in trouble for that in a court of law If you are a witness to a crime, and you refuse on the stand to bring forth truth, you can get in trouble. Well, sometimes there's a truth within our own heart, and we're not obeying, I think it's Ephesians 4.25, we're not obeying the word. Speak the truth in love. Don't hide and lie about what's in your heart. And I, I was being dishonest with one of my good friends about something, and finally, the Lord convinced me, Caleb, I'm waiting on you. You think you're waiting on me? No. I'm waiting on you to obey Ephesians 4, 24 and 25. Tell them the truth in a gentle way of what's going on in your heart. And once I did that, within a day, the problem was resolved. And this problem had gone on for months. (laughs) I was waiting on God But in fact, actually God was waiting on me So beloved, I don't know if you've ever had anything like that happen But God is our refuge and he'll help us But I think we need to learn to wait on him like a waiter God, what can I do? Is there anything you need? But also examine our lives Lord, I've been waiting for years Well, is there something that he's waiting on us to do? that he would like to lead us in in some change. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for these awesome folks listening. I pray you would bless them. I pray you'd encourage them. God, any part of this that was from you, that's for them, just touch them, Lord. And if they need strength or courage uh, in any way, God, just bless them. Make your face shine on them. Give them grace. Turn your face towards them and give them peace in the mighty name of Jesus. Have an awesome week, guys. Bye-bye. I wanna be the frequency of christ